Hey Rope Droppers, we want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She's an independent travel agent affiliated with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. We have used her on a number of vacations and can't speak highly enough of her services. If you are thinking about a Disney vacation, she's the one to talk to. Her services are completely free. Disney pays her after you travel. And she has a wealth of knowledge that has saved us a lot of time and money. So check her out on Facebook at Rope Drop Queen or email her at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to Rope Drop Radio. I'm your host, Derek Sassman. Of course, we have the Disney dentist with us, Dr. Doug, enjoying National Dental Month. We'll throw that out there since we are recording in February. Yeah. Hopefully, you're plenty busy. Get your kids sure. get your kids checked. Children's Dental Health Month. That That is what it is. So yeah. there's, there's our quick little PSA yeah. for all the dentists who listen to this show. So, Derek, all right, moving along. The time this show airs, we had to record a little early because you're, you're leaving us. You're, where will you be on the day that this show airs? I will be getting on a boat. That will be the day that, yeah, we're leaving. I'll be on the Disney Dream, and uh, we'll be doing the Sail Away Party. Oh, I'm sailing, I'm sailing away. you got to learn how this works. It's great. The kids sing it all the time. So, uh yeah, that will be awesome. And first of all, you need to start calling it a ship or her. It's You need to get back to her or on the ship. You call it a boat, the crew members all get gr- grumpy. Well, I'm just you. used – I'm on a boat from a Lonely Island for – there's a reference there for you. Okay, yeah. Yeah, start calling it a ship. Or call it a ship. Got it with call port it and starboard. I'll have to learn all my nautical terms. Yeah, I thought I sent you something to teach you that. But, uh, yeah, call it a ship. Um, enjoy the sailing away party. Um, I think the third, the the last show, the third night, um, there will be a song that will earworm its way into your head. It's like Igidus Figidus, um, what makes the garden grow? My kids sing it all the time. Um, it's on the dream and the fantasy, so be ready for that. I'm excited well, for it. Well, next week we're going excited. to be doing kind of my trip review and everything I learned from uh, my days at the park and the Disney Dream. So be listening for next week's episode where I kind of discuss everything. So the good, the bad. Um, no Disney trip ever goes as planned, so it will be fun to see how this one goes. Yeah, I, I can't wait to hear all about it and definitely – be following along on social media and you can see his pictures and see what's happening. Oh yeah, we'll keep updated quite a bit. Uh, but we are staying at a new hotel that we'll go every month. We like to give a hotel, uh, a resort, sorry, resort review from one of the uh, Disney resorts. Uh, our Port Orleans resort review that we did a few weeks ago is actually our number one podcast. Uh, been really highly reviewed, so we keep getting requests to do more. And uh, I'm going to be staying at my first value resort here uh, as a, uh, right around when this uh, podcast airs. But we're actually going to let you take one over for a resort you stayed at, which is Pop Century, that I don't know if or when I'll ever get a chance to stay there. But we do get a lot of requests uh, to talk about this one. It is one of the most popular value resorts. And Doug, you being 
the resort expert because you seem to jump and go to all of them in every trip that you go to. I thought this would be a great time for you to discuss uh, Disney's Pop Century Resort. Well, we have stayed there. It's a great resort. Um, it is a value. Um, Disney, once again, they break it up to a value, moderate, deluxe. So if you're looking for a nice room at a great price, if I sound a little bit like a Motel 6 commercial, um, this is it. Pop Century is where you go. So Pop Century, what, what should we say about it? What is the theme of Pop Century? Well, let me tell you straight from the Disney website. All right, I'll just do a little reading. I try not to read very often. But, well, this uh, way I'll, we're in accordance with it. Disney, and they can never fire back for misinterpreting uh, No one of their cease products. and desist. Yep, there we go. One, right? So read right, right from ready? the website. Um, here we go. Experience the unforgettable fats of the 1950s through the 1990s all over again. From yo-yos and Play-Doh to Rubik's Cubes and Rollerblades, this resort hotel salutes the timeless fashions, catchphrases, toys, and dances that captivate the world through the decades. So there you go. That's Pop Century in a nutshell. End of podcast. No, we're going to go into detail with it a little bit more. You've probably seen pictures, seen the themes, the giant... Uh, bowling pin and Rubik's cubes and roller blades and eight track tapes and other things that kids have long forgotten about uh, that us a little bit older adults still remember and hang on to. Our our kids love to make fun of us, like you know what that is? Oh my gosh! Like the floppy disks in the '90s area. That's great. They have no idea what that is. And the Walkman. There's a big giant Walkman. It's four stories tall. They no idea, and even after that, say they had like a, a disc player, like the kids don't know what skipping is. It's just so sad. Their music doesn't skip. I feel like that's a shame. Um, but yeah, the, the back in my day when we stayed at a Disney resort, that's how we. Yeah. Uh huh. And so this is a great one for the kids to. It kind of opens their eyes a little bit. It's fun. Um, I think the theme really plays well. If you have a group that's multi-generational, you got grandparents, parents, kids going, it's a lot of fun because, like, the grandparents can explain, like, you know, what that is. Like, that's a yo-yo. Our kids know what a yo-yo is, but they don't really. And there's a jukebox thing, too, and yeah. So it's it's pretty cool. And I think it works well for what it is. Value Resorts. Big, huge icons, like in-your-face theming. Well, and it's like you said, this is a massive resort. I'm sure everyone has seen pictures of it. I know we've uh, driven, we've been to the outside of it before. It is huge. Uh, it's got 2,880 rooms. That That's is a, a lot of rooms. Probably, it's, I, I don't know on the big scale, but I know it's one of the bigger resorts that the Walt Disney World offers. Yeah, I think it's right there with the number of rooms with the All Stars, um, with it within reason. Um, and there's three All Star resorts. Those are three separate resorts. Those are also the values. So um, think of, you know, between value, moderate, and deluxe, the value is more high density population. Moderate, you start to spread out. You have a lot of rooms in the moderates, but you get a lot more acreage. And then deluxe. Um, not quite as spread out, but a lot less room. So here, yeah, two two thousand eight hundred eighty rooms. That's a few. Now let's talk about how it's laid out. It's got a main building, and that's where you find a lot of your amenities. And we'll talk about that later. What's actually there? 
But then you have like clusters of buildings. They're all T-shaped. Um, so you have the 1950s area, and that has three buildings, and that's where you find the bowling pins that encase the staircases at the end. There's also elevators centrally located at where the T meets. Um, I think that's important to know. There are elevators there. It's four stories. Because over at uh, Port Orleans in the Alligator Bayou, it's two stories and no elevators. So a little weird, right? But uh, um, so that's the 50s. Then you have a 60s area, which is where the Play-Doh and the yo-yos are found. Um, the 70s, you find a foosball area, a Mickey Mouse phone. You remember that? The Mickey Mouse phone where it was like the whole Mickey Mouse? Nope. You know what I'm talking no, about? No, I'm, I'm an 80s baby. Oh, well, you're going to – they still existed in the 80s. You need to go find a picture of the Mickey Mouse phone at Pop Century. And there's a big wheel, a big – a four-story big wheel. I mean, it literally is a big wheel. Um, that's the 70s area. They got the eight-track tapes on their uh, stairwells. The 90s, um, there's two buildings for the 90s. It's in another cluster of three, though. The 90s, or sorry, the 80s gets two buildings, the 90s gets one. The Rubik's Cubes are on the stairwells in the 80s, and you get a Walkman and Roger Rabbit as like the main icons. And then the 90s is where you find that floppy disk that my kids love to make fun of. And an old, like, it doesn't say Nokia on it, but it might as well be the old Nokia cell phone that like everybody had as their first cell phone. And you could change the faceplate, and that was the most exciting thing ever. And, like, you had 30 minutes of talk time, and you could only call people in your state. So they have those as the stairwells. Um, so that's what it covers, the 50s through the 90s. Um, it would take you about 15 minutes to walk from the 90s to the 50s. Um, so then the main building's in the middle. So it is good size. There's lots of different paths. Um, it is located on a lake, Hourglass Lake, and there is a bridge in the middle. And the bridge is called the Generation Gap Bridge. And for a long time, it bridged over to absolutely nothing. When Pop Century was first built, it was supposed to have a sister resort across that bridge that was going to be the classic years. Here you have the kind of the pop years, the pop, you know, pop culture years. The classic years were going to be like 1900, 1910, 1920s, 1930s. 40s. Um, I don't know what would have been really exciting about the Depression era and the you know World Wars, but they were going to try to pull that off. But then 9-11 happened and they halted construction because they really did not need another 2,000 rooms right then. There was a pretty stagnant time at Disney as far as park attendance after 9-11. So they quit building that. And then decades later, well, decade later, decided let's build some suites and that's where art of animation sits so it's just a bridge away so you can walk over and see art of animation has a nearly identical layout to pop century um they actually started construction on three of the buildings they were built but never finished um and those are the little mermaid rooms i think two of them two of them were built the third one was just foundations so when you stay in a Little Mermaid room, you're actually staying in a building that was built and then abandoned and then finished. Oh, good. I'm going to be staying there here as this podcast is released. Yeah. So yeah. good to know. It could be in an abandoned building for a while. Well, but what the I layout, hear, if I, the one thing I do hear from a lot of friends that love that 
is that if you stay at Pop Century, you can walk across to the art animation, uh, which has got the cars theming, the Little Mermaid theming, uh, and you can get pictures with all the great, you know, Mater and Lightning McQueen and, and all the other decor. So kind of yeah. a little hidden gem right there when you stay at Pop Century. Yeah, you go over there, get those pictures, and the pictures at Pop Century are cool. In the 60s area, you have Jungle Book characters that are four stories tall. Um, Play-Doh that's four stories tall. In the 50s area, you have Lady and the Tramp that are four stories tall. Um, so, I mean, there's still some really neat opportunities at Pop Century. You combine the two. It's a really neat like time. You can do quite a bit. And there is a jogging trail that goes around the lake and it's a hair over a mile and a quarter so you can if you're a jogger you can get your run in really easily around a beautiful lake um neat setting to run if you're a runner so that's the layout well within the layout is always the rooms and it's a question that i hear all the time uh, especially with value you got to assume it's going to be a little bit cheaper a little bit smaller does it work for my size of family so you being a little bit bigger family than mine, what do you think about the rooms at the Pop Century? First of all, the capacity is four, so a family of five is not allowed. Unless they're under the age of three, an infant can stay there. Um, but once you hit three, you hit the road if you're a family of five. So the square footage is 260 square feet. Um, for a moderate resort, you're a hair over the 300 mark. So you get a little bit more square footage at those moderates than you do at uh, the values. And all the values across property are the same size. Um, the corner room here or there might have a touch different square footage. For the most part, there are just two double beds. That's the biggest difference, I feel, between a value and a moderate deluxe is you get two double beds rather than queen beds. So if, say, you're a family of four, but you have two teenagers that are good size are two double beds going to work how much do you like your family i don't know how much i like mine when they're that size that's going to be tough two double beds but hey two double beds if it's you know like say for your family where you got two little people they're going to end up in you know musical beds two double beds yeah, might somehow be right. i always end up in my own bed anyway oh so you're fine so i'm good yeah you just need a twin bed really just I mean, I'll take the queen. I'll take the extra size. Well, you know, like, the great thing is you can get king beds, and when a kid gets in your bed in a hotel room, for some reason their feet are in your face or they're laying on top of you where slobber and hair is all of a sudden on you. So I don't know if it matters at that age. So but two double beds. Um, The other big thing, I think uh, almost all the Disney properties, some of the deluxes have little differences because deluxes get fancy but uh the toilet and shower are separated from the sink area which is nice when you're getting ready in the morning but at the values you only get one sink instead of two so if you have to have two sinks you gotta upgrade so one sink um the room's not huge you get a little table with a couple little chairs but how much time do you spend in your room i don't know you know is, is, is you just going to sleep? You're going to be exhausted. So whether the sheets are amazing or the bed's amazing, I usually sleep like a brick at Disney World. It doesn't matter. Or a log. Is that the, Am I making up expressions now, Derek? I, Nobody you sleeps know both like work. a brick. Sleep like Do a they? rock? Yeah, there we go. Okay. Like a rock? I don't know. Thanks for saving me there. 
So there, there's the rooms in a nutshell. Decor, not over in your face. Outside in the courtyards, in your face decor. Inside, some hidden Mickey's. Nothing real crazy. The shower looks like a shower. You know, the wall is. There's nothing too crazy about it. Mickey's on the carpet and on the bed skirt type of stuff. Um, but it's it it's nothing that you're gonna write home about. It is cooler than like you know a La Quinta because Mickey is on the carpet and Mickey is on the shampoo and that sort of stuff. But it's not overwhelming um, to where you're gonna take a thousand pictures of your room and post them on Facebook and make everybody jealous. Some people. And I also think it's a good point, you know, when people are, are planning a trip, how much are you going to stay in the hotel? Some people like to do a hotel day, and you enjoy all the amenities and the dining. Some people, like you and I, you know, will just park, 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 park. Oh, we're going to sleep for about six hours, go back to the park, um, yep. where a value, you can really save a lot of money uh, if you're really, you know, a really park-heavy person. So something to think about. Uh, another thing that we always like to talk about is the main hall. All the the lobby, the dining, the shopping, all the things that you can do. Uh, you said it's right there in the center, so tell us about it. So it's called the Classic Hall, and that's where you're going to find just about everything you need. Um, it's where you check in, check out um, the concierge-type people, guest service all that is there. On the wall across from the counters where you check in are various pop culture stuff to look at to entertain yourself. Some really interesting little tidbits of history of fads and different dances that happened and different things and music um, on those walls. So it is kind of educational to go and read some of that stuff too, like a little tiny museum um, hidden at Disney World. Um, that's the lobby. And then that on one end empties into the everything pop shopping and dining. That's the name of the restaurant and the shopping area. So you kind of go through the shop to get to the, the dining. Um, the shop is decent size. You can find most of your stuff that you need to find for Disney souvenirs. They'll have a small selection of pop century merchandise. Um, there's a lot of resorts that don't have much um, merchandise for that resort. Pop Century, because it kind of has a little cult following. There's people that love it that will only stay there. It is like dirt cheap in Disney terms, cheaper than some off-property stuff for sure. Um, so there's a lot of people that really love Pop Century. So they have a little bit more um, resort-specific merchandise, just so you know. Um, but the food court, it's a nice big food court, plenty of options, different stations, one checkout area set up like most of the Disney food courts are now. They've kind of homogenized the setup. The food is not homogenized. Menus are always changing, but you can get your burgers, pizzas, pastas, um, sandwiches, wraps, and of course, desserts, cupcakes. The one dessert that's kind of unique there is the tie-dyed cheesecake. Um, it, it's just cheesecake in a little cup that is tie-dyed. I don't know how they do it. I'm sure it's with some artificial colors that magically glow inside you. But I ate it, and I'm still alive, and it's quite tasty. And it didn't give you any cavities, so there you go. No, um, none, none yet. The one thing I hear with almost 3,000 rooms, can that uh, dining area get busy, like extremely busy during some of the peak rush hours, maybe right before park opens up? So, yes. Any food court at Disney has peak times. And it is not fun. 
I I have never really had to go to one during peak times. I've gone through one. I've refilled my mugs during one, but never really had to stand in line. And I've seen lines at Poor Orleans, Art of Animation. Um, you know, those are similar food courts. This is in sky, in size and in scope to support the number of guests. Yes, there are peak times you may have to wait longer for your um, Mickey waffle in the morning. But, uh, you know, in the middle of the day, it's a ghost town, just like the other food courts. But it can get busy. So think about that. Give yourself, go a little earlier to breakfast. The other time these food courts can be very busy is when you're getting back from the park. Like, say you watch Wishes, run to that bus stop, get back, and then want to eat you're going to find lines at 10, 11 o'clock at night. And you may think, oh, no one's going to be there. Well, there's bus after bus of people with that same thought as you. So good question, Derek. Good, good question. Uh, another thing I know they have uh, being Pop Century, and like most seems like resorts in the Disney world, they have an arcade, which always amazes me that are still popular even I, today. I don't know why or how Disney still has arcades at all the resorts, but they do. Um, the cruise line, there's a side note for your trip. They're fading them out. They're getting rid of them. They're replacing them with things. I think on the Dream, they replaced it with a cupcake and candy stand from uh, that's uh, Wreck-It Ralph themed. Um, those usually are upcharged. Just so walk your kids the other direction. Just heads up. Um, but uh, yeah, the fast forward arcade. It's just an arcade nothing really like it'd be awesome if it was full of retro games it's not yeah it i feel like they're missing out pop century maybe the uh i agree pac-man type stuff i uh -huh. don't know kids kids don't even get those games anymore uh just like your kids don't get the a track or the floppy disc they probably wouldn't even make any money with a pac-man game they could just they could get a wreck it ralph console in there that would be cool that would be there's, there you go. I'm sure an Imagineer is listening to this right now and just having uh, a million-dollar idea. And, Doug, another fun thing I hear about is, of course, the pools at Pop Century. I know they're pretty fun-themed. Uh, have you swam and partaked in some of the pool amenities? I, I have not actually swam in a Pop Century pool. I have listened to lots of people swim in a Pop Century pool. Um, they Are you do like have me? We don't, just, I don't have time to swim. I don't have time to swim. Um, pools are heated. It was kind of chilly when we were there the last time, and uh, there's plenty of kids in those pools. Um, Pop Century has preferred rooms that get you closer to that classic hall, which is great if you don't want to walk a lot to get to dining and the buses and that sort of stuff. Um, but then they also have pool view, which, okay, value resorts, they don't have inside hallways. It's all like exterior entry. You don't have a balcony. But we got an upgraded another magical upgrade to a pool view and we wanted not pool view because that just meant we could hear kids swim but they have three pools at pop century one is the uh hippy dippy pool that's in the 60s section um another is a bowling pin pool so it's shaped like a bowling pin that's in the 50s and then another one looks like a computer so they have like the keyboard laid out on the ground and then the pool is actually supposed to be like the monitor and that's in the 80s and 90s section. So um, the pools at Values are just pools. The theming's around them, and you know what's in a pool? It's water. It, it's just water. There's no water slides. Um, 
nothing like that. There are still pool activities where the lifeguards do different events. There are still life jackets. At a value, you need to bring your towel from the room with you, and then uh, Mousekeeping will give you another towel if you call and ask for it. They do not have towels at the pool. So uh, that's one thing, unless that's changed very recently. Um, and it could change by the time you listen to this, the, the towel thing. But uh, three pools, all kind of different shape, lots of places to sit. But I think the most important thing about the pool is um, what isn't actually the pool, but Pedals Pool Bar. Even though you're at a value and there's not a sit-down dining or real fancy lounge, you have a pool bar so you can get your drink, go sit by the pool, and have a good time that way. And the pool bar has a lot of options drink-wise. So um, I know a lot of people take advantage of that. One other kind of recreational amenity is there is a playground. That's in the 70s area. And you think that it might be themed or something exciting. No, it's just a playground. It looks like every other playground you could see across America. But it's called the 70s Playground. You know, kids, kids don't like care. I took my kids to the playground at uh, Port Orleans, and it was just, you know, rope, slide, steps. And they love it because toddlers yeah. love that stuff. They don't need no. a fancy theme like us. They're simpler. Uh, the one thing that I do hear a lot about and have personally seen that I definitely wanted to touch on was transportation. With that many rooms, that many people, transportation's just got to be crazy. And I know personally when I've been leaving resorts, uh, you always kind of look around. You see what lines are long. Pop Century usually has a pretty long line when leaving, you know, say the Magic Kingdom to, to get back after after the park closes, after Wishes. Uh, wh what is the transportation like at Pop? Well, one huge advantage of Pop is that there's only one bus stop. So at the moderates, you kind of get on a bus and you got to stop multiple times. That adds a lot of time to your round trip. Um, here, there's just the one stop. So once you're on the bus, you're going to the park. When that bus pulls up, everybody gets off. Um, you know, the other places you might get on the bus and it's already full. Here, you're always going to be getting in an empty bus because nobody's, I mean, nobody's just doing round trips to Epcot, right? At least I hope not. That's a really weird thing to do on vacation. So that's a nice thing. The bus stops are very organized. They have queues for each one, very well marked. There's no confusion. There's no, like, you sit vaguely in the area when it pulls up like do I run in front of that person they're not getting up and moving I guess we do and then they give you the stink eye like contemporary is kind of just chaos at the buses there's benches kind of back over here and then there's always people hovering and that there's a line it's nice I like a line a nice solid line you get in it it's also covered which in Florida it's either sunny or rainy or nighttime one of those three there's nothing in between so having a roof over you while you wait for that bus is good. Um, buses do come more frequently at um, Pop Century um, because there are more people. So you may have to wait for a second bus um, or you may stand a little more often uh, just because there are a lot of people. But their line does move quicker than some of the moderate and the deluxe resorts because there are more buses servicing them. So in a not busy time, uh, it can be really good. Peak time, so I can't imagine some of the waits Christmas week um, and so forth because of how many people are there going to and from the parks. 
But buses are good. And, you know, if you're ever somewhere where there's not a line, like midday, you're going back to the resort, and a lot of times the Art of Animation bus stop is next to the Pop Century bus stop at the parks, and the Pop Art of Animation one pulls up, just go jump on it and then just walk over. I mean, the bridge is literally like 100 feet. It's not far. So you do have that option to kind of hop in the other line if you see it pull up. So, well, with it, uh, with only having one bus stop uh, and, and so many rooms, uh, if you're far away, could you be walking a good distance to get to the bus stop? You know, the, the 80s and 90s are the furthest away. And that's we were in an 80s room, and they're actually on the side of the Classics Hall with the bus stops. So you don't actually have to go into Classic Hall to get to the bus stops. So if you're smart and kind of go by the parking lot, not through the parking lot, but by it, um, it was only a five-minute walk, um, maybe 10 if we had to wait on the elevator longer, you know, 10 tops. But uh, the fi- furthest way in the 50s, that's the other end, you know, still five, 10 minutes. Uh, nothing like um, at a moderate resort if you decided you wanted to walk all the way to the main building from some of those. I mean, you can walk for 20 minutes. Here there's, you know, five to 10 minutes. 15 if you're like leisurely taking your time leisurely so you know yeah it's not too bad that's good well another thing speaking of buses uh one thing that people really love about staying on property that we have to mention is that the magical express does come to pop century and of course all the resorts that are on property so taking an airline to uh orlando uh, you can get uh, get shuttled right to the resort. Yeah, and usually it's one of the first stops um, because the way they come onto property. So you're either going to stop here first or at Art of Animation first, one of the two. We've stayed at both, and each time we've stayed Art of Animation or Pop Century and used Magical Express, we've been the second stop. So when we stayed at Pop Century, we started, stopped at Art of Animation first, and then we went around the lake and went to Pop Century. And then the next time, we were staying you know, the other way, and we're like, yes, we're going to get off first, and they stopped at Pop Century. It was because it was around. you guys. They knew yeah, it. Yeah, so don't... Those McKnights don't get That's first. That's the lesson. But yeah, um, the bus stops right at Classic Hall. Um, there's also the airline check-in. Uh, you get all the baggage service, just like from Deluxe all the way down to Value, that doesn't change at all. Airline check-in for leaving is one of the greatest things Disney has done. Uh, if you're flying one of the right airlines, you check your bags um, like as early as 5 a.m. And I, next time you see them is when you're getting them off the, the old carousel at home. And uh, you know the, those services are right there. Value or Deluxe, it's the same. Um, remember to tip the uh, airline check-in people because they actually work for the airlines, not – for Disney, they're like just like if you did the Skycap for outside the airport terminal, you know, back when that was a thing. Still is in some towns, it's not in others. In case you don't know what that is, but um, you check your bag outside. It's the same sort of deal. Um, so it's a private company doing that. So remember, to tip those guys and Magical Express drivers. If they touch your bag, you can tip them for touching your bag. If you have to have a bag put under the bus, so just a little shout out for those bus drivers, but. Yeah, transportation in a nutshell is really good. There's no boats, there's no monorail, no balloon ride anywhere. Buses, buses, and more buses. 
Awesome. Well, I think we, we covered quite a bit. Uh, is there anything else about Pop Century you want to mention in our review? Just in conclusion, that's a solid resort, excellent price, theming that's fun. You're not going to find anywhere else that you go. Um, you know, you can go anywhere in the country and stay in a regular hotel for around $100 a night. Um, you go to Orlando, you can find those same hotels off property for around 100 to $120 a night. Guess what? You could also stay at Pop Century for the same price, and you get a theme that you're not going to find anywhere else. Where do your kids get the chance to go up a, a stairwell that is actually in a Rubik's Cube? I, mean, I don't even know if my kids know what a Rubik's Cube is. Education. Education. There you go. That's a schooling. It I pulled my kids out of school to teach them, that. you know, about that. About there Rubik's you go. cubes and bowling pins and yo-yos. My, my favorite is important. kids have no idea what the why the save button is a floppy disk anyway. No. See, this is your chance to teach them. They look, kids, it's a floppy disk. And they still are like, whatever, Dad. All, you're all 52 megabytes of, uh, of <laughs> space. So, well, no, that's really great to hear. I've heard uh, a lot of reviews of Pop Century. It's not one that uh, has been really on our list, but we might definitely check it out. I, I think uh, one thing we've talked about on this show before is one of the nice things about staying at a value resort is you can resort hop. So if you want to stay, if, if you have a dream to stay at one of the high-end resorts, uh, but can only afford one night, but you have a longer vacation, why not do three or four nights at one of the values, Pop Century, and then splurge uh, on your resort day at one of the nicer amenity hotels. That's an excellent point, Derek. Yeah, do a split stay. Um, do the bulk of your trip at Pop Century, and then, then do your night at the Boardwalk or uh, Beach Club or uh, Wilderness Lodge. You know, splurge for one or two nights on the deluxe. The other thing that we've done when we've done a split stay, uh, like we stayed over the weekend at Pop Century, and then on the weekdays we moved to the Wilderness Lodge on one trip. And rather than doing the other way, because the deluxe is already more expensive, you add the weekend surcharge, it gets even more. The ratio wasn't as favorable. So, you know, peak times, I'm going to pay the value price. And it allows you to go on more vacations or do more on your vacation you know, the difference in that room for one night can be a character meal, if you want to look at it that way. Mm -hmm. Just because the character meal is not in your lobby doesn't mean you can't go enjoy it. And that is a great tip. So it always comes down to you, the listener, on what you want to do. If you want to save money, your amenities, uh, definitely do your research. And, of course, work with the travel agent. We uh, love to give Michelle McKnight, the Robe Drop Queen herself, a lot of love on this show because she has pretty much stayed at every one of the value resorts, I think, and will slowly be going through reviews of all of them. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. Grant, she she considers all the all-stars like as one in her mind of staying there. So we're going to get a couple more in. Uh, but uh, they're, they're similar to Pop, but yet very, very different. Wonderful. Well, stay tuned. We'll be doing another resort review here in the next month. I think we're going to be talking about the contemporary. So we'll be kind of moving around. We started in the mid-level, went low, and now we're going to go high, kind of bounce all over the place. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like poker. We're trying not to let you know where we're heading next or something like that. 
Well, and we want to hear from you. If there is a resort you want us to cover, please let us know. Uh, put on our, Send us a Facebook message or uh, an email, and we will definitely love to answer and talk about it more on the show. We love hearing from you guys, so uh, just, you know, just let us know what you're thinking about the show and any feedback. Of course, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. And Doug, anything else before we close off? No, just uh, I hope your trip is really good, Derek. I can't wait to hear about it next week. Yep, next week will be Derek's trip report from three, three days, five parks, and a Disney cruise on the Disney Dream. So it is like you, we pack so much into our vacation, we don't have time for the pool. So I'll yeah. be excited to talk about it next week, so be listening for that. Excellent. Unless, unless we get on Castaway Key and decide never to leave. Oh, they'll find you. They'll get you. They will. They'll drag you they, back yeah, onto the boat, onto the yeah, ship. Yeah, pretty much. Onto the ship. There onto we go. Onto the ship. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you again, guys, for listening to Rope Drop Radio. It's been a lot of fun. And be sure if you need any travel plans whatsoever, let us know and we'll put you in show with Michelle McKnight, the Rope Drop Queen, the sponsor of the show. And again, thank you for listening.
you. For Doug McKnight, I'm Derek Sassman. Thank you for listening to Rope Drop Radio.